Hello, welcome to Songs in the Kiev, a podcast about songs. These might be old songs, new songs or middle-aged songs, anything that takes my fancy really. Sometimes these shows will be themed around an idea, a person, a genre or some other concept. Other times they will simply reflect my latest obsessions, my new favourite bands, those songs I can't get out of my head. So, let's get on with it. Back in 1997, Kylie Minogue decided to take a break from being the princess of pop for a while and become an indie chick. It was a brief flirtation with a rather different style, but the resulting album, Impossible Princess, created with help from the likes of the Manic Street Preachers and Rob Dugan, is something of an underrated gem. I bought this album out of curiosity while writing my book about music in Medway. And this song is probably the closest you'll get to the traditional entry of a song from a Medway band or artist on the podcast. Close in that the artist comes from the other side of the world to Medway. Apparently, Kylie Minogue was given a copy of a book by Billy Childish of this parish called Poems to Break the Hearts of Impossible Princesses. She felt an affinity for the verse within it, so much so that she referenced the book's title in the name of her album. Unfortunately for Kylie, and no doubt Billy Childish, the death of Princess Diana in September of 1997, around the time of the album's release, prompted the singer to reassess the appropriateness of the album title, and so it was, temporarily at least, changed to an eponymous record title, Kylie Minogue, a rather confusing step as that was the name of her previous album from 1994. Not to be confused, of course, with her debut album, Kylie, her 2015 Christmas album, Kylie Christmas, and any number of best of and live albums featuring her name in the title. Stylistically, Cowboy Style, the song I'm profiling in this episode, has less to do with the American Midwest, as the title implies, and more to do with the Middle East. It's hardly the only track on the album to feature such an influence. It's a splendid fusion of Middle Eastern, Celtic, trip-hoppy electronica and indie pop. Binding albums I've heard in recent years is Mary Cassio Journey to Cassiopeia by Hannah Peel. On paper, it is the most pretentiously prog rock of concepts, a concept album themed around the idea of an elderly woman getting the opportunity to get in a spaceship and take a voyage around the universe. But it doesn't stop there, it's a fusion of two very disparate sounds electronica and brass bands. And yet it works, it really works. If you haven't yet heard it, stop everything you're doing. Stop listening to this podcast and get yourself a copy of the album. This instant, now. 
It's a musical gift that keeps giving each piece an uplifting, soul-bursting explosion of rich brass sounds married perfectly, if rather improbably, to Hannah Peel's electricery. And then right at the end comes the most moving part, a crackly recording of Hannah Peel's own grandfather singing as a boy a solo in Manchester Cathedral. If you don't melt into a puddle at the end of it, frankly, I don't want to know you anymore. Back in 1970, an American singer-songwriter by the name of Linda Perhax released her debut album, Parallelograms. It's a piece of understated deliciousness. Spaced out, psychedelic folk that given half the chance will lure you out into a cornfield, put garlands of flowers in your hair and compel you to sway with an army of light-minded, tripped-out souls, arms reached out to the sun. Paper Mountain Man is a song about an unreconstructed man revelling in his self-built appearance of mystery but utterly incapable of commitment. It's scathing in its assessment while still retaining much of the trippy hippie sensibility of that era's folk rock. The greatest mystery though is that Linda Perhack's record completely fell by the wayside at the time. Such was the lack of response to the album that she returned to her career as a dental assistant soon after its release. She did release another two albums, eventually, The Soul of All Natural Things in 2014 and I'm a Harmony in 2017. Good things come to those who wait. Where you live In a tiny bungalow With a Dutch wooden door And a pot belly store love of your many ladies' hands. You've been called ahead, you've been called to bed, you've been called to damned, but we'll shake your hand. You're like a paper mountain man. You live 
Before Christmas, the BBC aired a series of films directed by Steve McQueen called Small Axe, which concentrated on specific aspects of the black experience in Britain over the last few decades. Lover's Rock focused on a house party in the 80s in London. There were undercurrents of sexual violence and racism intermingled with euphoria found in the experience of young people gathering together to celebrate their youth. As important as any human being appearing in the film, the music itself was a vital character in Lover's Rock. Most particularly the moment when everyone at the party joins together in chorus to sing Janet Kaye's Silly Games. It brims with passion and yearning and adolescent hormones as it scales up higher and higher and higher into the musical stratosphere. now for some squelchy synthesizers and electronica. It occurs to me how, despite owning far too many albums and singles to count, I can for the most part tell you exactly from which town and which shop I bought each one of them. Perhaps there's something wrong with me. Take Lady Tron's single 17 for example. I remember I found it plundering a bargain basement bin in Canterbury's now long gone Richard's Records and I bought it at the same time as Ed Harcourt's Strangers. This is completely useless information. I'm sure that by knowing this kind of thing, there's absolutely no room for more important knowledge like how to rewire a plug, how to change a car tire, or how to use nothing but a working knowledge of the night sky to navigate my way to Dunstable. Anyway, I digress. 17 is a brilliant piece of squelchy electropop that lambasts the fetishization of youth in the fashion world and the world in general to ridiculous proportions. They only want you when you're 17, when you're 21, you're no fun. As with Planning to Rock's Jam Fam, there are hints of the Pet Shop Boys in the Night here, which was used on the clothes show. You can imagine models swaggering up and down the catwalk, pouting as they go.
far too old to like Billie Eilish. I'm probably old enough to be the father of someone who likes Billie Eilish. But she is good, isn't she? I've first heard her bad guy song playing in the atmospheric basement seating area of a marvellous deli in Rochester that goes by the name of the Cheese Rooms. An unlikely setting, perhaps. Late last year, I got hold of her album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? And I was entranced. I'd imagine that the understated, nigh-on-mumbled, utterly restrained performance of Bad Guy was a quiet lull on an album full of riotous teenage noise. Nothing could be further from the truth. Billie Eilish maintains that half-mumbled, half-whispered delivery throughout the entire album, and the accompanying instrumentation, but for the bass, is fairly hushed as well. But, ooh, that bass. You need to turn it up to absolutely full volume in your car and feel what it does to you. This is music as a multi-sensory performance. It's not just about sounds. Your whole body will feel the vibrations amidst those fantastically distorted lower notes. Just listen to You Should See Me In A Crown if you don't believe me. Bind my tongue, bind my time Wearing a warning sign Wait till the world is mine Visions I vandalize Cold in my kingdom size Fell for these ocean eyes You should see me in a crowd I'm gonna run, there's nothing to help I am a right old glutton for a bit of Nordic telly. The Killing, Borgen, 1864 from Denmark. Wallander featuring Krista Henriksen from Sweden, not to mention films from Ingmar Bergman such as Wild Strawberries, through to Thomas Alfredson's vampire drama Let the Right One In. Reading back to Wallander, my first experience with the Swedish detective wasn't Krista Henriksen in the original Swedish, but Kenneth Branagh in English via a BBC adaptation. As is inevitable about any dramatic interpretation of Wallander, the BBC version is slow-paced, wallowing in melancholy, even amidst the beauty of its setting. What helped set the tone for Branner's version was the theme song Nostalgia by Emily Barker and the Red Clay Halo. It's haunting and elegant and lingering, sumptuous even. It's a song that not only mourns the separation of one person from another, but the separation of someone from themselves. 12,000 miles away from your smile, I'm 12,000 miles away from me very nearly unbearable in its beauty. Tramwires cross Melbourne skies cut my red heart in two my knuckles bleed down Johnson Street on a door that shouldn't Twelve thousand miles away from 
has quite probably not escaped your attention that Sunday the 14th of February is, was or will be, depending on when you're listening to this, Valentine's Day. Maybe next year I'll devote an entire Songs in the Key of episode to the theme of love songs. As a heads up, two of my favourite romantic songs are My Girl by Madness and Bike by Pink Floyd. You're unlikely to find these being played by Steve Wright or on Heart FM anytime soon, but you didn't think I was going to go for the blindingly obvious, did you? Anyway, back to this episode of Songs in the Key of and the eighth song of this episode's playlist. Back in my days at university, I became captivated by an instalment of Later with George Holland when a young soul singer by the name of Alicia Keys appeared. She was there to promote her album Songs in A Minor, playing Fallin' and Butterflies, as I remember, and I found her absolutely compelling. Her music was steeped in an intricate understanding of how old-school soul worked. There were hints of all kinds of elements of Motown and Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye in there. It was absolutely delicious. Knowing me, I probably marched down to Lancaster's HMV and snapped up a copy of the album for myself the very next day. One song that's grown and grown and grown on me over the years is A Woman's Worth. It spells out a fundamental truth of romantic relationships between men and women that goes beyond the trivialities of diamond rings and all the materialistic trappings of love and marriage. It spells out a basic contract, a deal, of what a woman can offer a man when she is truly loved. In lyrics that shows Keys to be wise, wise, wise beyond her years, she'd have only been about 20 when she wrote it, if not younger, she pointed out that rather than spending money, a real woman prefers her man to show that you know she is worth your time. If you treat me fairly, I'll give you all my goods, treat you like a real woman should. Baby, I know you're worth it. If you never play me, promise not to bluff. I'll hold you down when shit gets rough, because baby, I know you're worth it. You could buy me diamonds, you could buy me pearls, take me on a cruise around the world. Baby, you know I'm worth it. In a lip by candles, run my bubble bath, make love tenderly to love. Just dough, but a show that you know she is worth your time. You will lose if you choose to refuse to put her first. She will and she can find a man who knows her worth. Cause a real man knows a real woman when he sees her. until seconds before I started writing this very sentence I'm reading out, I didn't have the faintest idea that Beth Orton's song I Wish I Never Saw the Sunshine from her debut album Trailer Park was actually not her song at all. It's a cover version of a song by the Ronettes. A big, big song with that classic wall of sound production from a member of that ever-swelling army of men we should no longer name. 
Anyway, back to Beth Orton. Tempting as it would be to play a snippet of the Ronettes version, I'm going to stick to my guns, possibly an unfortunate turn of phrase in light of the non-mentioning of the Ronettes producer, and play the Beth Orton take that had always been my intention. Beth Orton's version of I Wish I Never Saw the Sun is utterly heartbreaking. So delicate in its delivery, tender in the way she sings over that plucked accompaniment, its simplicity itself, and just devastating. Baby, do you know what you did today? Baby, do you know what you took away? You took the The other day a song came on the radio that I knew had to appear on the next instalment of songs in the key of. It might even be the reason why I made sure I recorded a new podcast after a few weeks lull. To my eternal shame I'd never heard Sucker DJ by Dimples D before. It's a phenomenal piece of old school hip hop underscored by a sample, quite obviously, of Hugo Montenegro's theme tune to I Dream of Genie. Tell me you don't like it if you like but you'll need to provide evidence backed up with witnesses, sources and peer reviews. Turn up the music. I was at a jam the other night. I was feeling real good, so the feeling was right. I came to the party for a different kind of action. The next thing I know, I was doing a Michael Jackson. I was thrown off beat and my feet got tied. Sucker DJ just bought a beat five. He was flipping and snipping, even tried back. So there you have it, another 10 songs, do pass the time with, I hope you like them. Let me know what you thought and if you've decided to investigate or revisit any of the bands and acts featured on this episode in any more detail. My Twitter is at Reviewage. I'll be back shortly with more music that's been demanding my attention of late. In the meantime, have a marvellous few days and nights till we meet again. What the man Molly Moore has just
Come on. You get the people dancing on the wackiest jam. Come on. 